space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome back to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim. With me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. And hosting us yet again is Dr. Squee. Oh! And Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Yeah. And we we, we saw in uh, 2021, well, we got it, we got it New Year's Day, did we get this one? I've lost track of my days in between. Um, yeah. I actually watched it New Year's Eve. Ah, so you watched it, the American broadcast, yeah. So. Yeah, I wasn't sure what state I'd be in on New Year's Day to actually watch it <laughs> Fair the enough. first time. So I'm actually quite glad I did watch it New Year's Eve. <laughs> I mean, what an end, like, okay, an, an absolute abortion of a year, but what an end did we get, like, Star Trek on Christmas and then Star Trek going into the new year? I mean, it, it's got to be a way to go. No, absolutely. It, it's... it was actually a really great day. It was New Year's Day. We, like, it started with uh, Discovery on Netflix for everyone apart from America. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got Cobra Kai dropped. Yes. Then we had Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a great day it for... Was, it was a great day for, for good TV. Um, yeah, Doctor Who, I think that's a, a different discussion, isn't it? But um, All I'll say is, spiritually, I was very happy that Doctor Who happened, if not in content of the episode. Yeah, I mean... If you want to be talking about this more, I mean, I happen to be chatting about this week on a certain radio show. Really? <laughs> now at a new time slot Thursdays, 8 till 10pm <laughs> on the Bear Live. I mean, since you bring it up, Eddie. So you'll be chatting Doctor Who then? Yeah, the plan is I've got my friend uh, Paul G from Who News is going to be joining ah, me to yeah. talk about it. And then uh, I thought I was all done with the uh, interviews from Squeefest, but I found one which I'd missed, which was with John Davey, who was a creature performer who was actually Excellent. in this episode. Ah, right. He's very good. John Davey. Yeah, he's yeah, very good. So, yeah, well, that'll be really... I'm interested to get your take on Doctor Who, but um, we'll we'll save that for Thursday and I'll listen to it. I can, I can gauge your face ever so slightly. I think I've got a bit of an idea. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was lovely. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was. Yeah, it was really good, really well plotted, really well acted, and... Um, yeah, Bradley... That was what? definitely an hour... That was certainly an hour of TV that happened. Yep. 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 Right. So, anyway, on to Star Trek then. So, I want to clear this up before we move into this, because there's been loads of stuff going around saying this is the 800th episode of Star Trek. Now, it's not. <laughs> it's, um, what I, I did a bit of digging into it, and they're saying it's the 800th production of Star Trek. So, I added up all the episodes and added the movies and the short treks, and that comes to over 800. So the the only way I can think that they've worked this out is they're counting all of the original series plus The Cage, which gives you 80. Then TNG has 178 episodes, but the pilot and the last episode were both made as one production and then later split into two. So that's 176. Yeah. They're feature-length episodes. Typically. Yeah, 
Yeah. So DS9 yeah. had 176, but it had three feature-length episodes because it had the pilot, the end, and Way of the Warrior. So that's 173. Voyager had 172, but it had four feature-length episodes. It had the, the, the beginning, the ending, Dark Frontier, and I think Workforce. So that's 168. Enterprise had 98, but it's 96 because Broken Bow's... One wasn't workforce a two parter. I thought it well. It was split into. It might be workforce, or it might be another one. But there is another one other than Dark yeah. Frontier that was shown. I, I had a feeling it was workforce. It might not be. So I will stand corrected. Um, Enterprise works out at ninety seven because the pilot was two. Animated series twenty two. Picard ten. Lower decks ten. Discovery, including this one, forty one. 13 movies and 10 short treks adds up to 800. So I think that's how they've arrived at this number. But I had to work that out myself because I tried Googling it and nobody broke it down. They just sort of said, well, if you take out the two parters and then you add the cage and then you take away the number you first thought of, you get 800. So I thought I'm doing a public service here that I've worked this out and that's how we get it. Yeah, that's how we oh, get we've 800. We've actually had more episodes on TV yeah. and movies than yeah. what they're counting. So, technically, if we knock the movies off and we knock the short treks off in 26 episodes' time, then we'll actually have 800 episodes. But anyway, so I just wanted to get that off my chest. Jim, just, I'm I'm Vulcan saloon that one. I can smell yeah, well you know, done. from here. That was glorious. I so, like that. Look, some of us had their first day back at work today and the VPN wasn't working. So some of us had a little bit of time today to work these things out. So Before before we go into the episode talk, and you may have already planned to cover this, but I believe we have some Trek news this week. I don't oh. know if you guys have thought to include this, but um, just like John Delancey, Oh yes, you guys probably would have heard this. He uh, did a cameo, which he does on Cameo.com, where they do these short little mm-hmm. messages for people, where they pay extortion amount of money for uh, messages from uh, people who they're fans of. Mm-hmm. And he let slip, or you know, obviously quite purposefully did this, saying uh, that we'd be seeing him again in Star Trek in a, in a new kind of episode. My theory is that I, I, I'm I'm wanting it to be a discovery somewhere, but um, he didn't say where, he didn't say when, but he said he's definitely going to appear again. Although, thinking about it, Picard would be a natural... Yeah, Picard's meant to be... Picard would be a natural thing for him to show up in. And it's meant it to be in production, so... Yeah, I mean... I would imagine if it's a last-minute cameo next week in Discovery that they'd be a bit annoyed that he's let the cat out of the bag just before the episode. So I can only imagine it's probably Picard, but you never know. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, wherever he turns up, he's welcome, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Big fans of John. Yeah, he's excellent. I mean, you guys are right. I think uh, Picard's the natural fit, and don't get me wrong, Picard and Q together at last again would be wonderful. But where Picard in its first series, I'm sure in the second series they will course correct a bit, but it had its problems. Whereas Discovery, I think you could have a really nice dark Q. I think that's yeah, why yeah, I yeah. would love it to be that. But um, but again, Picard and Q again. Yeah, be- the, it's got to happen at some point. But the, yeah. the, the, the great thing about Q is it, it can be all of the above. It can, it can appear everywhere it and anywhere. It can be all of them. Exactly, so wherever he crops up, yeah, we'll be looking forward to it. 
Um, so this one then, the penultimate episode of season three, Discovery, it's called There Is a Tide, and it wasn't announced as being called that. They've done that again where they've announced one title and then switched it, which makes me wonder. Next week's episode is down as outside, but I wonder if it's going to be That Hope Is You Part 2. You know, as we started season I've seen, one. I've seen it advertised as I Hope Is You Part 2. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they go with. But, so, uh, <laughs> and obviously... Like, are they changing the titles? Are we going to get a sneaky episode 14? I don't see it this late in the game, to be honest, because... I think last season when it happened, it was because they were working to more or less a normal TV schedule. So it was they were in post-production on episode 13 and realised, oh, this is too long. Let's make it 14. Whereas this has had a lot longer in post. So yeah. I think we'd have heard if they'd have had to do that. Um, so, yes, yeah, spoiler alert. Obviously, everybody, we're going to go all over the episode. <laughs> And returning to direct this one for the third time this season is Jonathan Frakes. Little known director. Yeah, we like Frakes. Yeah. And I'll tell you Not what... Not heard a lot about him. I'll tell you what he's done this episode. And it's either he has done this or I have completely knackered the settings on my telly. But I thought Asira looked a lot less plasticky this episode. Yes, I she thought, did. <laughs> And I think the lighting was a bit better. That's what I mean. I mean, there still was a bit of veneer, but not as much. I think Frakes is... I mean, and he's as guilty of it as anybody else because he also directed the previous, one of the previous episodes with Asira in. But I think he's come on this one and he's actually addressed it and gone, right, we need to sort this lighting out and make it look look better. And it does the makeup a lot more favours lighting it like yeah. this because it, it looks more realistic. So well done there, Frakes. And it's written by Kenneth Lynn, who <coughs> co-wrote the episode Sanctuary, which we all kind of agreed was a bit of a filler episode with Buck and his planet. And But at the time, we, we discussed, like, he's got quite a bit of pedigree. He did lots on House of Cards and things like that. So I think I would say this is a stronger episode and a better showing for the writer there. So Yeah, it's a better episode. So yeah. it, it picks up, obviously, right where last episode left off. And I like what Asira's up to right from the start. This cool, Like, she's got the Viridian firing at her to make it look like Discovery's under distress and to get yeah, into kind of a Trojan like, horse type of thing. Vision, she tells them, uh, reduce, tell the Viridian to reduce its power, the firepower to 10%, mm-hmm. so we're not too damaged. Why can't the Federation scan that if a weapons are at low low power? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I it's not like they're coming at us. Oh, let's look out the window. Oh, the under attack. What about all your fancy sensors? This actually quite annoyed me. For, just as a bit of a counter argument, they did establish that they were masking a lot of readings and they like used fake jamming signals and stuff. So maybe they uh, yeah appear as if I think was... I think that was more internally they couldn't scan internally of of uh, discovery. And I, suppose... I don't think it was. I don't think it was so much scanning what's going on in the space outside. I know, but but they were putting out false signals of like um, you know like like they were being jammed from the uh, Viridian ship. Uh, so maybe they managed to like mask how 
weak the weapons were. Okay, I'll, I'll go with that. Also, you know, if you were the Admiral getting these readings or the firing, they're not firing very strong at them. It's like, well, they don't want to destroy them because they want the spore drive. So I suppose yeah. you could kind of get away with it. But I like I like what she's doing. I like that this is quite a clever it's quite a clever plan. little plan. And I like well, I mean, the, the first time in sorry, I mean this this is the beginning of the first time we actually see Osira like having a bit more personality, a yeah, bit yeah. cunning, a bit more girl. It's she's not just like a uh, bit stroking evil. She's just she has actually a bit of a personality behind it. Yeah, she's much more interesting this episode, particularly with the stuff that goes on later on. <laughs> Um, and I like the, we get Admiral Silver Daddy Bear. It's a good episode for him. Lots probably the most we've had oh. of him. I mean, you know, I love Admiral Silver Daddy Bear, but like we finally know why he's got such a shit eating grin on his face all the time. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> Saving um, that all week. <laughs> no, it's a goodie. <laughs> um, he's sort of playing it sort of quite cautious at this stage. It's like, try and try and scan them. Do we let them in? Do we do that? And it's like, good, that's showing real competence from him, which we don't always get from Star Trek admirals. I mean, this yeah, is what... Star Trek ab- admirals are normally evil, or turn out to be evil in the end. Which he still could. And plus, like, this layered it. Like, I mean, I've complained over this series that uh, what Discovery sometimes doesn't do is earn it with kind of uh, a lot of plot points, Mm -hmm. a lot of people. They just have stuff happening sometimes. Whereas this, yeah, yeah, Osiris manages to get past this, you know, gets inside Starfleet, but she doesn't just completely fool them with the Trojan horse. No. Yeah. He is using his brains. Like, he knows he's got to let the ship (laughs) It's discovery, but he can't risk letting them in unguarded. Yeah, he sort of re- he he puts two and two together, and he realizes that Asira has taken over Discovery before she messages or anything. He, he literally goes, "All ships target Discovery now." Oh yeah, that's a cool bit where they're all sort of encircling it and everything. And there's what <clears throat> there's a few things that do this in this episode that I really like is. It doesn't over-explain things, and it gives the audience credit for having paid attention up to this point. So, like, one part of it is where they basically find the sphere data. One of the Cyrus people says, we've got this reading, and it's it's doing this, and it's... And she says, well, how much memory is it taking up? Not very much. Oh, well, just, just ignore it. Just turn it off, and don't worry about it. And... Yeah. Immediately, the audience, you can piece this together and go, right, that's the sphere data that they're talking yeah, about. This is because of what it's playing. It's Calypso time. Yeah, but it's not, it's not it's signposted. Like, There's not a big glaring, you know, point, arrow pointing at it or anything. It just, there's just yeah, a little Yeah, it gives touch. credit as an audience for actually not understanding the yeah. story. Um, the the only thing I did think, like, and, and maybe this is a little bit nitpicking because they've still got to manage to keep the story going along, but it's when she goes, oh, what is it? Oh, it's only taking up a small bit of data. Oh, leave it. This thing, which is really kind of like embedded into the ship, which is some, some old video <laughs> files, that's not suspicious at all. That doesn't seem like spam. No, I mean, she does say turn it off, so she do, she doesn't just completely yeah. ignore it. No, but but it's, but it's like she's you know, looking at it and thinking... It's just it's just an old movie. Uh, this is a thousand year old ship. I'm seeing part of their entertainment system. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I that, that's what I got from it. She's that's how she's interpreting it. And she just went, well, it isn't important. Just turn it off. It's not taking up a lot of memory. 
So it doesn't look like it's actually doing anything. But that's my point. For something which is um, just take up a small bit of memory, it's just small video files. Why is it so so deeply embedded? It just mm. seems like that would yeah. warning players to me a bit. But yeah, again, I'll excuse it because you've got to keep the plot going. Yeah, and. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a really strong episode for Tilly as well. Like the we've had an interesting arc with Tilly that we all thought, you know, oh, she'd been promoted too quickly and then bit of a disaster a first command last week, but I think she does a lot to redeem herself in this one. And it I, starts I did love the line from the um I I mean I one thing which I did predict was that that guy was gonna come yes, back yes. to the chain. But I loved his line. It's like, uh, yeah, you did a great job. Like, it took us 15 minutes to take the ship. A lesser captain, it would have taken only 10. Yeah. That was a cut. Yeah. That was a beautiful line. And this <laughs> is the thing. This is why this is a really good scene, because Tilly is doing the right thing. Like, she's taking command, and she's going, I'm the captain, you can take me let the rest of the crew go. but that, And that might have worked, but it's totally undercut by this guy who has previous knowledge of her and knows that she's not the captain. So it was that was the opportune moment to bring this guy back because it does throw a spanner in it right at the wrong time. And I like that he's got a, a gammy hand that he's, you know, he's been out there and he's got frostbite. And, and also there's the irony of it was Tilly who gave him the pack that probably saved him. So it's... Well, there's also the thing, like, I love the fact that we've we've found out that you can resequence your DNA in this future. And also we've seen in Star Trek before you can grow a hand back, I think. Uh, so, like, it's kind of... I like the fact that he's been taken aboard the ship, but they haven't grown his hand back. It's like, you've got to earn that ship first. Yeah, and this but, sort of ties in with a lot that we find out about the way the chain works and everything. Like, we I I got the impression from this that they've actually, due to the burn, they've actually uh, regressed technologically. Mm. Yeah, a lot have. of the galaxy has. I got that impression here because, like, you have uh, that scientist and he goes about the spore drive. Wow, this is 900 years old. They really were living in a golden age yeah, of technology yeah. back then. And- no, I agree with that. But obviously, once they take the uh, the discovery they've got the resequencing technology they can use to grow his hand back. But I like the idea that it's kind of like, again, he's got to earn it. I, do, I, do I it. don't think that they've been on board long enough to go through the medic, medical areas and all that sort of thing. I just reckon they're switched on enough to know the technology exists even if they don't have it. Like, yeah. Yeah. like with the amount of um, knowledge they've got about the universe and the Federation and everything, they probably know the Federation's got that even if they haven't managed to replicate it themselves. And I think from what we've seen of the way that Asira works, she seems to leverage things over people. So she's probably got over this guy. We'll, we'll fix your hand, but you've got to do this, this and this first, you know. You've got to prove My yourself. Thoughts. Yeah, we're yeah. not going to fix your hand until you've shown yeah. that you can do this like, for me. Like, you feel you failed it against that little uh, backwards town. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, so yeah. you've got to improve yourself. And, yeah, the debrief would have been quite good. Like, you'd be like, well, you know, there were there was there was Saru uh, and there was this, this little ensign and then there was this insane martial arts woman who kicked all our asses. Oh, where's this she then? This little Chinese woman came where, in. <laughs> where is she? I don't see any evidence of her on this ship whatsoever. You're mecking her up. Like, no, 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 she did. <laughs> but anyway... 
So uh, the next bit then, and it's a, another, as I say, another example of really good writing that's given us credit. Because we made loads of jokes last week about, oh, I wonder if they're going to use this really dangerous conduit that's been set up. And we just go back to Michael and Buck, and they're in the conduit. We don't have any of this. How are we going to get back? What could we do? Oh, well, there is a really risky way we could try it. Is it worth it? Should we do this? No. You've been paying attention last week. We've seeded it enough. You know this conduit's there. So when we go back to them, the audience can put two and two together. And, and all you've got to see is some flying through it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you get those cool shots of this ship reforming and reshaping yeah. around. Yeah, and the steadies all over inside. So you can see that, yeah, this is a dangerous conduit to get yeah. through. Exactly. And I know it's just a little thing, but it is just good writing. It's not wasting any time. It's not dwelling on it. And it's not assuming that the audience isn't clever enough or isn't switched on enough to follow along. And I really appreciate that in in any writing, whether it's a TV show, movie, whatever. Um, so they arrive at the ship then, and this, again, this is referencing back things that we've learned, because Book, as we know, studied all the manuals. And he's obviously really brushed up on his history because he knows emergency landing plan B. <laughs> exactly. So. Did you feel that there was a bit of a hint, just like maybe I'm just looking too deep here, but there was just a hint of Star Trek V when they crashed the shuttle. That's what I mean. Yeah, that, that's that what was... me. Emergency landing plan B. Yeah, B. Oh, is that um... B for yeah. barricade? <laughs> I didn't put that B for barricade. <laughs> so Book's obviously read about emergency landing plan B and he's told Michael all about it and so they're using one of Kirk's finest manoeuvres to get back on board. <laughs> And it's I didn't even put together the plan B bit. There you I, go. I was... Well, you need to brush up on your your Federation yeah. textbooks, you know. I, I think I may have erased many parts of Star Trek I, by that. I'm gonna head. say it's <laughs> one of it's one of the <laughs> the most important missions in all of Starfleet history is Star Trek V and you're just ignoring it. So anyway. When they went to Sean Connery. <laughs> Sorry, Sean Connery. Yeah. And um, we finally get the answer to why doesn't Discovery have shuttle bay doors? Because you wouldn't be able to do this sequence if not. Yeah. <laughs> Is it just me? What has happened in the last few episodes? I'm not complaining, but they really like their kind of um, really cool shots of the ship in the last few yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, I'm all in for it. Well, that goes back to what I said when it got its refurb. And, and it was down to the artists, the, speci- the CGI artists didn't like Copies are really hard colour to do in CGI yeah. and all that. So they've, they've altered the outside of it subtly and changed the colour so they can do much better shots. Also... It's, it's the way it goes around the ship, though. Like, there's yeah, lots of really kind I of think, artistic shots. I think we've got to give Freaks credit for that as well because all of his episodes have been really good at showing off Discovery, even going back to previous seasons that he's done. But my my only problem was where where were the the joysticks in this one? Ah, uh, that's <laughs> it. Maybe he, he's got he's already managed to sneak that in. So he's he's done his joystick bit. Yeah, I'll give you this. Actually, the the gun which Burke has looks like a, a sawn-off shotgun you might get with a Wii. Yes, there you <laughs> go. So that, 
subtly he's doing it again he's getting it all in there um so yeah discovery gets inside the base and everything now we meet this uh scientist engineer guy this is the actor who played cole in season one um, who was the? Who was sort of the main antagonist for the first half of the season? He took ah. over from Tukovma, and then he played Cole Shah, who was Cole's son in season two, and ah. then he played uh, the albino Klingon Ash and Lorel's son. So he's played three Klingon roles now. Sadly, after recording um, his most recent role in season two, he is actually confined to a, re- a motorized wheelchair in real life now. He has, um, I believe it's called ALS. And so this is the first time we've seen him without extensive makeup on. Um, but, you know, obviously he's still a, a working actor and everything, but it's it's the first time we've seen him not as a human and with his real face on screen. So it's nice. He was wonderful in this. Yeah, he was excellent. And he's been great in his, his previous roles as well. But it, it's one of them sort of how we talked about Doug Jones last week. Like, wow, we've actually seen him as a person. Yeah. And this guy, you don't realise how much you've seen him in Discovery, but he's yeah. played three different roles up until now. <laughs> Um, and I'm glad that they've found another role for him. And I feel like maybe this could be a recurring role. Oh, it's got to be. I, I think this, yeah. is, this is what I love is when they have the bad guys. And you do want some out-and-out bad guys. I'm glad they fleshed out Asara. But um, I like that that kind of character mm. who is aligned with the bad guys because they've been showing kindness <laughs> by them. However, they're kind of like eyes. The, the scales lifted from their eyes. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he's sort of being blinded to the atrocities, isn't it? Yeah, and I I think sort of think there's part of it where he's kind of like I I like to think like he's got to have seen some shady shit he's turned his back on or he's justified in his head. Yeah, and I think that kind of we're going to see him kind of uh, not able to turn his back anymore. And I think he puts forward a very good argument for it that look. I was born in basically, and for want of a better word, an impoverished part of the galaxy that's out of the reach of the Federation. And I have a genetic defect. Yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't stand a chance on one of these backwater worlds if the chain hadn't come and helped me. And it's it's working on a number of levels because one, the Federation would absolutely have helped you if they knew about you, if they were able to reach there, but. Yeah. But the And then two, Asira's not helped you out of the goodness of her heart. She's helped you because you have this scientific knowledge and ability that's going to further her agenda. She's not going around helping everybody she finds with um, a genetic defect. You know, she's picked you for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but when when he was, wasn't he a kid when she discovered him? So he would have been a scientist yet. But I think it's more about taking in people, like, you know, under the guise of kindness to do some mm-hmm. I think the scientific thing was sort of lucky, maybe. And maybe because he, she, he was a child, she kind of like, um, you know that thing of like when you show the bad guy taking a child, and then sort of take them in as a prodigy and give yeah, them a little like task and see how do. Yeah, I think that it had been... I, get, I think it had been quite... A, that there'd have been something there that... Well, he's well above average education, intelligence-wise, for his age. So there's something there. And I think yeah. that she'd have, they'd have probably been able to see that. Because you see that with kids 
Yeah. Anyway, don't you? And it, it could also be a case of whatever planet he's from, she's trying to parlay some good grace with them. Like, you know, we, we'll take your child that's got this problem and we'll look after him and we'll give him a better life. But I want all of your whatever, you know. So it could be something like that. But you do buy why this guy is aligning himself with her and why he thinks she's doing good because he, he has seen the good sides of her. And when he talks to Stamets later on, there is that thing where he says she's a lot more than she seems. And Stamets is like, no, but she's also exactly what she seems. And that yeah. that's the issue we're getting at here is bad people can do good things but it doesn't negate Stop the bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's really yeah. interesting. It's really meaty. And we've not had any of this with Asira up until now. And the conversation between him and Stamet was just beautiful. It was. It was, it was so great. Well and you can see that the, they're both right, effectively. And you can see that Stamets is getting his point across and this guy's starting to... Oh. Yeah, it was classic. Um, like, I, I think I think if Burnham had the first thing when she had five minutes later, he'd have turned. No, I, th- I think it was the whole thing of like uh, the. I love that whole idea of uh, hostage negotiation. Was what he was doing. Mm. He was building up rapport, like he was going, "Oh, you've got kids. I've got a kid." Like you know, although it seems a little bit of a leap suddenly that uh, uh, Adira's his child. Like I do get they bonded, but that seemed a bit. Too forced, but but I love the whole idea. He was trying to bond with him, and he was trying to pick up on clues. That's exactly yeah. hostage negotiation. It's yeah, great. I mean, to your point about Adira, I I do buy that. I mean, I, I know it's very fast, but it's fast, is my. We, we I have... think there's been enough shown of that 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 the bond hasn't developed. That he's treated her like a daughter. Yeah, I think they've established this, that there is kind of this family unit, and it. I do, I think all the actors have been great in it. It is just the time thing. It's it's all happened... It's very quick. Very, very That's quickly. That's my only point. It's but, not that it happened and they haven't justified it at all. It's just they've rushed it for the purposes of the Yeah, I, I agree with you. Noticeably. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. But I, I, I also do, even though it seems quick, I do buy it because I think the conviction with which it's been yeah, done yeah. has been excellent. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. I, 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 I'll reword that. I buy the idea, but just not the time. Yeah, and I think Anthony Rapp's fantastic in this episode, um, which we'll we'll get on some more of his scenes a little bit later. Um, Then we've got, I quite like the bit with uh, Michael and Buck, where she says she loves him. And I I, I like his line where he's like, well, it's not the first time, you know, you talk in your sleep. (laughs) Yeah. You're talking your sleep. It's a really good, <laughs> cool guy line, you know. And so I like that. Yeah. Um, well, they were trying to rival the Han Solo Princess Leia, but you'll never no, do that one, will you? Never you? I love that. you. I know. <laughs> the book had a couple of really But that's what that reminded me of. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed also Book's bit where he goes like calls the guy sweetheart. Although for me, he should have got a rifle to the head afterwards, just like they yeah. should have something. See, like, I like the guy, the fact that the guy even laughed. But you know he would have whacked him one with a weapon or like... Oh, yeah, and, but I think that, again, that's really good writing because, to me, that implies that Book has met this guy before and we've not seen Book meet him, but Book yeah. knows this guy's catchphrase, so... <laughs> it, it sets up that okay, these two have crossed paths, 
and it's believable because they they move in similar circles but again it's just really good economical dialogue and you can pick up on it if you're paying attention but you don't need it signposting to you um so yeah uh, the admiral obviously works out what's going on and this is where we start this thing with Osiris saying no I've come to make peace and we 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 want to do an armistice and I find all this really really interesting like the the eventually I'm jumping around a bit in the episode but if we follow this thread through for a bit um yeah. so the admiral has this sit down talk with her and they've got the lie detector guy there um, which Eli, is, Eli <laughs> yeah, she's a little bit weird, but there you go. And well, tell the truth, or Eli, come on, it's all you know. Um, so she's saying she wants peace, and it's interesting that she's coming to the table with something like, okay, we've got a lot more um, connections than you have. We've got more of an infrastructure. You've got the spa drive. So if we work together, we can do this. And it's like, it's interesting that she's actually got something to offer. And it's not just... Like, she's basically... She's not just talking... She's not talking about one of the other surrendering. She's actually talking about them merging and becoming a new new federation. I, I think I did really enjoy the fact also they brought in the whole idea, like reminding us again why it's so important to have the Federation out there. Because while the Federation's been split apart, <laughs> they've sort of been picked off a bit at a time. So this space station has made these kind of deals yeah. with the devil actually to survive, which yeah. is understandable. But that's what the consequence of the burn and the Federation being separated is. I mean, imagine being part of a massive union like that, then splintering off <laughs> to be so weak on your own. I can't imagine. Yes. I can't think of to modern times. Yeah, strangely timely, isn't it, this episode? That, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We've got to talk on. about different treaties and different ways of trading and all of this, and nobody wants to send anything. <laughs> which, anyway. No, 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 not no ringing any bells. I don't know what you're talking um, about. I think if, if you look at... Uh, William Shatner's been quite vocal on something similar quite recently there's um a certain country that he won't deliver to from his online store because of uh taxation and things like that mind you don't want to get into taxation of trade routes because that leads to you know (laughs) star wars and stuff so um yeah so she's got all this stuff and I like the idea that this guy's monitoring to see if she's lying and it's like, no, she's telling the truth, she's telling the truth. And then they get to this stage where, okay, we need a figurehead, but it can't be you. Like, okay, that's fine, but you're not going to be pulling his strings. And she says, no, 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 he'll be independent. That's a lie. And then (laughs) Osiris says, oh, well, ask me it again. And to to me, that implies, has she come up with a way of blagging this? Yeah. Because it's I think like yeah. either she's learned a way of kind of like uh, training her senses to kind of not react as they do in spy training. Yeah, like you know, maybe she's just uh, mentally control your heartbeat and your pupils, and or she's done what like uh, a version of what we saw with uh, Giorgio earlier on, where she does something to monkey with a hologram. Yeah, and she just didn't get it quite right in that moment. Yeah, I thought again, it's subtle, but it implies that she could have been lying all along. It's just that yeah. it's caught her out that once. 
Yeah. I, I love the complexity of that. I love the idea I do. that, like, uh, you know, uh, she, again, this makes her more three-dimensional. Just because she is uh, too evil for us to root for and too mm. evil for her to be trusted doesn't mean that not everything she does is evil. She can have good... Like no. some of the stats said, like, yes, I'm sure she is all that, but she's also this as well. And that's what this is and as well. Yeah, and, like, she introduces this idea of, well, you've got to acknowledge that capitalism works. And, we, you know, we've talked about a lot on the show how does the no-money idea in Star Trek work, and you just have to accept that it does because it's yeah. that different from what we how we perceive society at the moment that we can't yeah. really conceive of it but on the most basic level money is it it's an abstract concept basically that stands in place of trade so you know originally we have the barter system if i want a pint of beer i need to give someone something for that pint of beer but i might not have the thing that they want so we invent this concept of money where I can do something that I'm capable of doing, but I won't get the thing I want just yet. Instead, I get this thing that I can exchange for it later. And so that in a society where everything is completely plentiful, you don't need that because if you need something, you can get something. And I think she's making the point that while we're all cut off from each other, if you've got one planet that's rich in dilithium, say, but they need trilithium, but they can only reach a third planet that's only got an abundance of, I don't know, uh, self-sealing stem bolts, then there's Always no... Important. In the end, you end up with a baseball. Yeah, well, that's it. But the, there's no trade to be made. But if you've got money, the dilithium can sell to the self-sealing sealing stem bolts who can then use that money to buy the dilithium and blah, 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 blah. And it works. And that's why you need money. So I think she's making the point that the galaxy needs that at the moment because we don't have the Federation's reach isn't as wide as it was. So there is a need for, for a monetary system to replace the trade system and everything. So she's making good points. She also, yeah. like she makes the point um, all empires come to an end. Yeah. And all empires do come to an end, and she's sort of going, the Federation, yeah, it was great in its day, but then we had the burn. Yeah. And, you, and, and she, in a way, she and she's perfectly right, because the Federation is literally shutting this one little bubble in the yeah. middle of, I'm not sure where in space, but they're just shutting one bubble. I mean, this is it. Yeah. yeah, her argument basically is the old Federation ideals can't work. But the the dilemma is, okay, if we make these concessions to her now, is that step one of us working back towards the Federation or does it take us down the path of becoming something that we don't like? And that's what the Admiral's got to wrestle with. And I love that. Oh. I think it's brilliant. But that's the thing, you have all this wonderful complexity of, of is this right, is this wrong? And then he's kind of like, you can tell he's kind of on the verge of kind of maybe going towards this and kind of seeing the good points. But then it comes to the thing of like, you know, the apple and everything and that's made of shit. Like, you know, and, and is it worth it? Is it worth this foulish impact? Is it worth it if you won't stand trial and you won't be accountable well, for your actions? Well, and that's, that's what he realises it can't work because she won't go that extra mile to be yeah. accountable. Yeah, exactly. She won't live by the rules 
effectively, she's saying we want to come in and work more with the Federation, but I don't want to be accountable. I don't want to be judged by their laws. And it's, no, you can't do that. It it yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's like... It's like saying you're trying to do a trade deal, but you're not willing to accept the bad parts of the trade deal, like to do a trail trade deal with with a union you separate from. No, mm. sorry, I'll, I'll get it, again. it is kind of like that. And then you <laughs> you make announcements at eight o'clock on Monday nights that we're recording twenty minutes before that. So who knows what um, the world will <laughs> look like? Um, so yeah, another bit just regarding the lie detector. The Admiral says, I want to unify with the chain, and Eli doesn't call him on it, so either it's not set to pick up if he's lying, or he genuinely means it, you know. He sees that the future needs that. I think he can see the positives of the union. Yeah. But his thing is that, for it to go forward, you can't be the one who's speaking for the chain, because we won't accept that. It needs to be somebody independent. And you need to be willing to um, face the music for the crimes you've committed. Yeah. And he does say later, he goes like, oh, there's fine people in, in your... Yes. Like, you know, he refers to there's fine people there. However, with you kind of... You, you are not one of them. You are not one of the fine people. I think he sees that it's not everyone in the chain. It's yeah. not the right. It's her. She is the bad person. Yeah, he says. Like, she's the tyrant. He calls it out and says, you need to be as good as your people. And she's not willing to be, which is the, you know, and she implies as well. She's like, oh, we'll get a respected scientist. So she's obviously thinking of the guy who's with Stamets and she thinks she's got an absolute hold over him that he'll be her puppet. And yeah. So yeah, that and we see a little bit of him maybe turning there later on. But so let let's go to the other thread of the episode then, which is Michael does die hard, which <laughs> you know, I mean, that is what it is. And Star Trek's done die hard before; it did it with um, Picard in the Jim episode Wade. Starship Man. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, this is not a new thing. But it's so explicit in this one. It's like, <laughs> you know, first of all, she takes out the first guy and this speaks to, and I don't know whether this is a weird thing that I've got. I don't know if there's a name for this or whether I need to seek help for this. But one of my favourite tropes in action films, action TV, is when the good guy takes out the bad guy using the legs like... Used to get Saeed used to do it in Lost, like usually in the season finale, he'd snap someone's neck using just his legs. And like the end of um, Lethal Weapon, where Riggs is fighting Mr. Joshua and he gets him in a triangle chokehold and puts him out with it. And also in wrestling, the, the triangle chokehold is used and the Undertaker used to have a finishing move called Hell's Gate, which is a modified version of a go go plateau, which is a modified version of the chokehold. So I don't know, I just love it. So I love that Michael like suffocates this guy. 
Also, you've got all these kind of like, um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind the Die Hard thing. I was kind of, thought it was kind of fun, but I'm so glad because it looks so obvious when she got stabbed in the leg and she started bleeding. It's like, oh, God, they're going to follow the trail of blood to the blah, blah, blah. And they didn't do it. No, they it didn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I feel like they were toying with us a bit in a way I don't mind. It was like, ah, oh, look, there's a trail of blood they could be following. How obvious would that be? And then they Yeah, didn't no, they didn't. didn't. You're right. I'd not, I'd not thought well, of that. She did too, didn't she? She did heal it up, but she was still bleeding later oh, on. She was, yeah, yeah. she was leading a, she was leading trail. And still. you could see that she was bleeding because she lost her shoes, not unlike in Die Hard. But <laughs> no, he takes his shoes off. He does That's take his shoes thing. off, make fists with your toes. He must have been cursing that guy. Like, if I'd just not listened to that guy on the plane who told me to make fists with my toes. Uh, <laughs> but luckily in Star Trek we have transparent aluminum or transparent aluminium so it's not like someone can go shoot the glass and make a walk over broken glass or anything and she does get new boots which are not smaller than her sister-in-law's so um, so you know it's not completely diehard but except it totally is because she gets a walkie-talkie and she starts taunting the bad guy over it <laughs> You know, it is diehard, yeah. but... <coughs> I have no problem with it being diehard. Neither do I, I love it. Oh, I loved it. The only thing I would... Like, the walkie-talkie did just make me think it's like... Yeah, because you want to tell the person who's kind of, like, trying to catch you exactly who you are, like, give away your voice, give away... Like, I don't yeah, know, I just, and obviously... the only dumb move she made. There were deleted scenes in this episode where... Uh, an Orion reporter went round to Michael's mum's house on Nivar and was like, you know, how do you feel about your daughter being caught in the... Anyway, but speaking <laughs> of Michael's mum, she does send a message um, to her mum, which surely this is setting up a Kuat Malat. She's going to turn up with a, an army of warrior nuns next week. And what, I really want, what I really want is the last episode, we see all the friends of the Federation... Oh, sorry... Uh, where is it? There we go. Theory time. What I want to see in the last episode is all these friends the Federation's made since the uh, Discovery's been back. So we see Navarre, we see Ed Trill, all these friends coming to help them in their hour of need, yeah. being the first building blocks of the Federation being the Federation again. That would be so satisfying. I know it's obvious, but yeah. I don't think it would take away how satisfying no, it is. No, that and would also, be... That will be good. The other thing... Let's hope they do that. Yeah, the other thing would say... T and plus, we haven't seen a big fuck off like starship off we need to see all the Starfleet federation ships we, we really do and we also need to see notice they keep they reference quite a few times i had i thought about it kind of like once maybe earlier in the series but not since where's the president of the federation which they refer to quite a few yeah. times yeah i think it's somehow going to be someone we recognize i don't know maybe. how i don't know who it feels like that setting something up because they refer to him quite a lot yeah yeah and I, yeah, Admiral Silver Daddy Bear said, I speak for the President of the Federation. Yeah, I yeah. wonder. Oh, it, oh, I mean. I don't know who, but. Well, mm. Donald Trump's going to be out of a job in a few days, so you could get him to play <laughs> the President of the. He might still be locked up by then now he's. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the point. He'll be in jail, so he, no, he won't be able to do he that. He already fucked up a country, don't Yeah. I wonder if it could be. You got me thinking now, but um, let us know if if anyone can think of who they think the president of the if it is somebody we know, who could it be? Plot twist: Q. Q. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like I caused I caused the burn for a bit of a crack, really. Oh, <laughs> Davros. 
Just because in Doctor <laughs> Who, it's always Davros when you don't, you know. So somebody's in charge of this um, corporation. Like, there it's Davros. But it always is. But anyway. Yeah. And that's great. I'm not decrying that. I like it when it turns out to be Davros. But um, anyway. So, yeah. So we've got all that going on with Michael. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Tilly mobilising the troops. And you get this thing with Bryce and Reese tapping out the Morse code. And... As they were doing this, I thought, this is the most dialogue they've had all season, <laughs> if not all series, and it's in Morse code. <laughs> again, again, they do the function they're there for. You don't get to know them personally. It, like, it's the same thing as all through the rest of the series. They were yeah. great in the scene, but I don't feel like we're any closer to knowing them. Like, I love the whole thing of, like, well, I think we happen? I think we might lose one or two of them. Maybe, yeah. Well, then we'll get to know them just before that happens. Yeah, we will. That's true. Yeah, we're not going to do it just yet because we don't know them that well. If next episode starts with like a flashback of Bryce and Reese playing together as kids, then yeah, we know I them. think I think that we've been get seeing a bit more of them because we saw a bit more of them in uh, Mirror Universe, and we've seen a bit more of them here. So I think they're letting us slow them a little bit before. We'll lose one or, one or both. And I think we got the clue in this episode as well that if we're going to lose somebody. If the beginning of the next episode, Bryce turns to Reese and goes like, do you remember that first day we were at the Academy? We know they're in trouble. Yeah, they should do. Here's an idea. Spin-off series, and it's like um, Rosencrantz and Gilderstone are dead, um, but it's Bryce and Reese, and it's just... <laughs> them chatting while everything else is going on in the background. Um, yeah, so maybe, I don't know, but I like all the stuff with Tilly in these bits where she's very much taking command. And she, I like the bit where she says to Buck, he's like, I'm going to wait behind. And she's like, no, you know, I know you want to save Michael, but I do have a plan. And he's like, well, that's why I'm staying behind is because you're you're the best shot at getting her out alive. And I think that's great how much like faith everyone's putting in her. I think she's so much more assertive here than she was last yeah. week. And I think that's Because none deliberate. of us have had a problem with Tilly. No. It's only been her rank for first officer. That's the only problem. Like, I love the fact that straight away she's like, um, yeah, you know, if, if someone falls, we leave them behind. Like, yeah, I think she's brilliant. Well, here. that's where I think we got the clue that we might lose somebody. Yeah, it's... Next it's week, but you said, if somebody falls, we leave them behind. So I think we're going to lose one or two next week. Yeah, yeah. it's it does feel like we're setting something up. Um, and then we get the great scene with Michael and Stamets. And... So, as we said earlier on, she, she rescues him, but... Well, she, you've missed the part where she flushes someone out the ship. I mentioned that, because she gets her shoes pulled off. Ah, you sort of flushed by that, because I thought that was great how oh, she got was. away from them. Yeah, no, it was excellent. Set up a fire in the turb in the uh, Jeffrey's tubes, <laughs> so it opens the do outside door. Yeah. Very, no, yep. very, very clever. The, all it needed was it should have had a guy outside seeing him get sucked out in space going, my God, I hope that wasn't one of the hostages. And, <laughs> oh, in fact, yeah, that'd be great. They should have a scene where it's Admiral Silver Daddy Bear and maybe the President of the Federation, whoever that is, and they're getting a shuttle that's flying around the outside of Discovery and he's like, just like back in the burn, he's slick. And uh, Admiral Silver Daddy Bear's like, I was in junior high, dickhead. 
Well, we've got one more. We've got one more episode. You could still have her going on a similar thing through the tube, blasting like saying another fire to blast someone out, and she can say, "How can the same shit happen to the same person twice?" Yeah, and then well, ne- <laughs> next time. next week it'll have to be an airport. And then, but that means by episode three of um, season four, we're going to Chernobyl with Michael's long lost son, and I really don't want to see any no, of no, that that's, again. That's four. No, three is the good one with um, Samuel Jackson. No, no, but it's episode three because that'd be Die Hard Five. So episode three next season would be Die Hard Five oh. if this is Die Hard One. Oh, got you, got you. Yeah. No, no, no. Movie three was good. That was good. That that was a decent one. Though I do yeah. prefer two. To three, I know it's controversial these days, but I just, I just, I just like two better. I think it's more fun. You like what you like. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, what were we talking about? Yes, Stamets. So I like the fact that I think this shows a lot of development on Michael's behalf, and I think we'll talk about this more next week when we look at the season as a whole and where the character acts have gone. But I think it's very pointed that she uses a Vulcan nerve pinch on Stamets because previously she did that to Giorgio in the very first episode. And that was Michael using a Vulcan nerve pinch to get round someone else's authority because she thought that what she was doing was the better thing and she was wrong. Whereas here, she's using a Vulcan nerve pinch to do the right thing even though someone else is wanting to do what feels right to them. And so I think there's there's a bit of symmetry and it's also showing how she's changed and how her agenda I, now seems to be more to the authority, more to the greater well, good than it is to her personal impulses. Well, the, the awful thing is that the last couple of episodes, we've actually had Michael acting like a first officer which is ironic because she's no longer a first officer. Yeah, I, yeah, and you'll notice that when um, Osiris and uh, Vance, by the way, just excellent pull, Jim. I, I didn't see that at all, but I love it. But like when um, Vance, uh, Admiral Silver Daddy Bear, is talking to um, Osiris or Osira, uh, they she says, "Oh, when they got board the ship and there was an ensign there on the con." Like the look on like uh, yeah. face is kind of like yeah, it's like he's sucked on a lemon. Like I think that's definitely going to lead to. I think Tilly gets a promotion, and I think, yeah. um, but I think then um, Burnham becomes first officer again. Yeah, yeah I think, I I think Burnham will end up as first officer again, again. We'll we'll talk about it more next week. But my concern with that is, I think they've done a lot of development with Michael and she's been up and down, but effectively she, she's gone from point A to point A over the course of a whole season. And it just, <laughs> it just feels artificial. Like, why did we have to have this, yeah. this jump in yeah, the middle? I, I do. It, again, it's that sort of thing of like an easy kind of uh, a convenient plot point. Yeah. So like she gets demoted so she can prove that she. Yeah, exactly. But it, it feels like, if you're going to do that, I think you need to do that over a longer period. If you're going to have someone's fall from grace, then come back. It, I mean, she was promoted for one episode. I think she should have just turned it down, and then you can do yeah. the same plot point, but it doesn't feel as forced. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. But I mean, we'll see what the end game of the season is before we pass any full judgment. But so far, yeah, it just feels a bit. It, it's just. 
um, what's the word? It's not story for the sake of story because you know every all story is a story for the sake of story. Of but it's un yeah, it's forced. It's unnecessary, and it could have been done differently. But anyway, so. The bit where she's got Stamets in the force field and everything. And I think Anthony Rapp's amazing here where he he says, well, Hugh, I need, I need to save Hugh. He's on the planet. And what am I going to tell Adira? And then Michael says, well, Adira's on the planet. And you can see his heart just break and he just falls <laughs> to pieces, you know. And he says, yeah. my whole life's on the planet. And as we talked about, it does seem quick that he sees Adira like this, but you absolutely buy it from the man. You know, he looks utterly devastated. But but Michael is absolutely right. Like, Stammer, the spore drive, for all the technology on board Discovery with it, it will not work without Stammer's. No. Getting him away from it is the best thing they can do here to stop Osiris. And it is Michael making a decision with a head rather than a heart this time. But the the only thing is, just a little kind of small point, because I, I completely agree. By the way, I never meant to suggest that he, Anthony Wright was anything but fantastic. No, the acting was top-notch. Like, it was just the force kind of nature of how quickly they've got kind of there. Yeah. yeah. But, but, I mean, if you're really going to show Michael having learned, she has to do it with her own personal stake. She's never done it with her own. Like, mm. of course she cares about those crew members, but she didn't do it for Book. She didn't do it for um, uh, Giorgio. If, if she had to do it for one of those people who are her direct kind of family, if you like, and yeah. like that, that's what they feel like they've been set up as, then I think you really show she's willing, yeah. she's willing to do it on someone else's behalf. It's not quite Yeah, she has to make a decision. She has to undertake a course of action that is not what she wants to do. And that, like you say, this is, yes, it's heart-wrenching, but ultimately it's not her that's been put out by this. So I... I think you're right, and hopefully we will get there at some point with it. Um, But yeah, she jettisons him, and more or less brings us to the end of the episode. Then Michael gets caught. Oh, forgot about Rin gets killed. That's just yeah. That's just out there. Yeah, Um, nicely done. But I think it sets up like um, the scientist scene. Yes, like he, it's something he can't deny. Like I say, I get the feeling he's seen some stuff which is. Just justifying his head. Yeah. This is finally something he... He's, he's maybe heard little rumours that she's done this to this planet yeah. and she's been responsible for these people being killed. But he's not seen it <laughs> firsthand, so he can sort and, of put yeah. his pe- uh, goggles down. You even see you even see Stamets kind of like what Stamets done in that conversation with him has mm. paid off because he chooses to not leave the room. He's That's it. To still be blind, and he chooses not and to. Be. You get the feeling he's been given that option loads of times, and he's always chosen he's to gone. walk away. Yeah, it's Just don't ask, it. don't tell, and that shows he know evil, he know evil. to to borrow a phrase from Star Trek Picard, the sheer fucking hubris of Asira, because she thinks even if he stays and sees this, my control on him is sufficient that he won't act on it. And she well, might I, be right. We don't know. We'll have to wait till next week to find out. But I have a suspicion I she think won't he's be. Come back on that. I, yeah, think I, he is. I reckon that, that she she is just um, chose like she's decided that because he's this time decided to stay. It's like he's accepting of this other part of her. Uh, it's quite yeah, the yeah, yeah. He's decided to stay to see it for himself. So yes. He can 
grow a bit of a spine think, about it, to be honest with you, which is no paraplegic joke, by yeah, the way. I think you're, I think you're right. I think you're, yeah, she's mistook why he wants to stay there, and it may well cost her. Um, so the episode finishes then. Tilly's mustered the troops, and she's looking cool with her double phases and everything. <laughs> uh, and we get the, the dots turn up, and they seem to have the sphere data in them. And they're like, do you want help taking back over the ship, Captain? Which is... Uh, where is it? We're at your service, Captain. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. I mean, we'll see where it goes and everything, but it's a good sort of rousing end to the episode. Well, the, they made bots a big part of the titles. Yes, the titles yeah, you're right. So- <laughs> and we've also set up that there's definitely a... Um, this leads to Calypso somehow, but it just... It whets your appetite, but it's still baffling how yeah. this gets to come. Yeah, like, and like I still think when when Georgia went to Mirror Universe, I still think that discovery, it that from there was the perfect way one to bring over to fill in for Calypso. Yeah. I, I don't see how this discovery is going back a thousand years. No, but but, but then again, I don't see how you get the like they've obviously set up. It seems so obvious, unless they do some very clever writing, that those robots with the um, with the uh, the, the old archive the sphere uh, data, videos, like the, yeah, sphere data and the kind of classic movies, they seem the perfect setup for Calypso. So how are you yeah, do the universe? I don't know how. Yeah, I've just, I've just, I can't. See. It makes sense to me because I get the impression that. The discovery that is in Calypso, that's hiding in a nebula. Mm-hmm. This is the nebula that's a ruin all that. Maybe, is yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't but know. But it's just how it's going to be done that. I don't know if we get an answer to where Calypso fits yet. I don't know if that's going to be way down the road. Um, it's kind of like if you've seen um, Breaking Bad... Uh, the the first episode of the last season of Breaking Bad, and I'll go as spoiler light as I can, uh, but it has Walter White, the main character, in a diner talking to people and purchasing something. And even the writers said, you know, and it's a flash forward is the sequence because then it flashes back like six months earlier or whatever, and the rest of the season plays out. And even the writers said, look, we did not have a clue what he was going to do with that thing that we had him buying. Uh, we, we just knew we were going to catch back up to it, but you know, we, we just thought it was a cool opening. And Calypso kind of feels like that, like it's this thing we've got on the horizon, but we we don't have to get there yet. And we're looking for I all these clues I... as to how, but yeah. Yeah, Gershwin has said that it does fit in, hasn't it? I'm sure it will, I... but... I think the only thing they didn't have plotted was the refit. I think that's something, like you say, yeah. the artists have said they wanted, so they've done. So I think they're going to have to do some clever writing around that. But I think they've got it plotted how it goes back in time. That's I think there's enough. I think we're getting enough things with ships morphing mm. things that we can get away with. I mean, you're, you're easy way. If it has gone back in time, your easy way is to say, well, we're going to have to cloak it so it doesn't look out of place if anybody native to this time finds it or something like that. But again... Yeah, we'll, it, we'll use the cloaking device to make it look like it used to do. But the thing is, this doesn't have to be... Calypso doesn't... The discovery we've seen in Calypso doesn't have to have travelled back in time. It could be a thousand years on from where we are now, you know... 
it that's yeah. the, that's the interesting mm. thing about it but uh, so predictions for next week then so I've got one I want to throw out and we've we've kind of touched on it uh, scientist guy I'm assuming he's going to turn on Asira obviously they have to get back to help the people in the nebula so yeah well I thought that was really interesting this week that we saw absolutely nothing mm-hmm about the nebula, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think it was. E- I don't think it was even covered in the previously. No, it's we're on very deliberately previously on discovery. Very yeah. deliberately <laughs> left it, and it's a shame because you know I, those actors are great and those characters are great. There was enough to sustain this episode without it, but I want some good payoff to those characters next week. Yeah. But I, uh, I think we've got to have a sort of like. It's almost like we've got what's going on here with Discovery back at Federation HQ. Mm-hmm. And then I think we're going to have almost the first half of next week is going to be catching us up of what's Maybe. happening with Saru and the child and oh, so, so and catch us up to so that they at the same time. I, I don't think so. I think what you do is you have the first half is them sorting out what's happening it, you know, with discovery, and then they have to hot foot it to where they are, like back to to where that's all happening. And then, you know, I I think maybe at the beginning of the episode you could get bits of Saru. Do, do you think that? Do you think that we might go back to a um, very much old school here and actually have a big cliffhanger maybe. ending maybe. instead of the actual instead of the story being wrapped up next week? That we maybe have the start. It maybe um, ends literally at the start of a huge space battle. Could do. I mean, I, yeah, I, we, we could go traditional to be continued. I mean, we yeah, yeah. we don't tend to do that I anymore. Feeling, but... I mean, I like the idea that we have like a bit of a space battle near the beginning of the episode. Like you get this result with a big space battle, big mm-hmm. fuck off space battle, like a satisfying. These are what <laughs> you want to see when you first saw them, kind of space battle, and then and all of the Navar ships and all this. And then you go to like where Saru is, like maybe with a bit of an honor guard, have a bit of fun with it. And when you get there, the events at the end of that is a kind of big explosive kind of final mm-hmm. part where we discover the origins of Burn, what's happening there. And maybe at the end of it, whatever happens leads to a cliffhanger ending. Maybe, That's yeah. I mean, my, yeah. my like, theory of how they get back to the nebula, scientist guy pulls his resources with Tilly and we bring back this idea of, oh, I was working on dark matter as a way of making an interface. And scientist guy goes, oh, I've been working on something like that. And so that lets them control the small drive without stamets. That's my theory. I also think potentially we might, hopefully we'll get as big space battle, but I think Asira follows them back to the nebula and somehow Sukal uses his power to deal with Asira. Like, sort of almost an Indiana Jones-type ending, you know, like Asira gets too close to the power and it consumes her. Or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. And, and Q pops up and he turns the Queen, Grudge, who's been there referred to as she's a Queen, turns back into Queen Poe and is reunited with a sister <laughs> of the planet. I'd like to just throw in there that I like the idea maybe at the end of that's this that's my mad theory 
<laughs> you were saying about the whole idea with um, the spore drive and everything being adapted. Maybe the scientist kind of like starts cracking it at the beginning of the next episode, like the, the next series. You have ships starting to be refitting with it. Yeah. Freeing up Discovery to start going to planets and starting to bring the Federation back together, finding out what happened to these lost civilizations yeah, of the Federation. Yeah, I think that would be great. That would be a really nice direction for the next series. I'd yeah, love if they I'll... start exploring and bring, finding out what happened and like um, saving these kind of like lost parts of the Federation again. That would be great. Well, actually, though, we're all overlooking what the, the true ending of the season is, which is Admiral Silver Daddy Bear, once all the dust settled, he'll say something like, well, if this is what you do for Christmas, I gotta be here for New Year. <laughs> yeah, so before we wrap up then, any last thoughts on this episode or what we might see next week? Well, I think during the lockdown, sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> I I've re- I really enjoyed this episode. I thought I thought it was a really good episode. I thought it played out really well. Me too, yeah. We we've got a li- we've been left on the cliffhanger of uh Team Tilly are going to be storming the bridge to take back Discovery. Um, I think I still say that if someone falls, we leave them behind. Is a bit of a clue that we're going to get someone, a member of the bridge crew that we've probably never met before (laughs) very well, (laughs) is going to bite the dust. It should be. What's her name? Uh, The one who was the original Arium, just kill her again. (laughs) I, I I think it's Bryce or... All right, Reese of Rice, because really? we've got quite a bit of them with the tap tap tapping. Yeah, I, I think for me, I mean, I, I, there isn't like I, yeah, I've nitpicked on a few bits, but generally there isn't much done in this episode, which I think could have been done much better. This is pretty much up there as a kind of classic uh, Trek episode. The only things which are, are a fault with this episode is what comes before, that they're not setting up these bridge mm-hmm. characters better. Yeah. If we cared about these bridge characters more, they'll be so much more invested. So it's not what they did in this episode, it's what they haven't done in past episodes, which yeah, I think exactly. yeah, totally but a little bit. And we keep saying this, and this is Discovery's biggest fault, that we're nearly at the end of the third season, and we still don't know our bridge crew. Yeah, yeah we only write to certain... Uh, members of the crew and like Adira like as much as I love Adira and I think they are a great character but it's just a shame that they bring in another character which gets my limelight which is fine and mm-hmm. it's a great character but we still aren't getting to know these characters which have been there since the beginning like, yeah. and that's just I, a waste I think it's I think it's um, a problem of some of this of modern TV how it's done that you've got this huge story that's got to be moved forward every week and you have your main characters, so they've got to be the focal point every week now as the stars. Yeah. And your core stars get don't get the mm-hmm. same thing. In classic TV where it was episodic, mm-hmm. you would have an episode where it'd have this character or that character. Yeah. And you'd get to know your characters over and you had more time as well with them. You had half a year. All you do is throw in one character an episode, like add them to the mix, like and and add them to the waiting. The first series they had a good excuse why they didn't, and even a good plot reason. Like it was great, you had this uh, captain who didn't care about his crew, and that was shown throughout the series. Then when series two, when your Pike coming in, and he really cared, he really invested. 
And that would have been the perfect time to yeah, get Yeah, and they did start them. doing it. Like, the, the second episode we packed, you had a lot more with Awashikun, and we found out she was from, like, a, a Luddite collective, and all. you thought, oh, this is great. We're going to get to know these people, and uh, that was pretty much it. Um, yeah, it's all like, yeah, we tried that. It was really good. People talked about, this is a great episode. We could watch this again and again as a standalone episode, <laughs> even. I mean, yeah, just people just... loved it. Well, let's not do that again then. <laughs> yeah, watch the Prison Break episode and put in a character of development episode. Yeah, instead. yeah. So let us know then what you think might happen next week. What you thought of this episode? If you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us RetrekPod at gmail dot com or look us up on Facebook if you search for Retrek. Doctor Squee, have we got anything coming up this week? Again, we're doing a kind of like a Whovian delight this week on uh, my Dr. Squeeze show um, radio show. So it's uh, in a new time slot, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Bed.live. Um, like, you know, I just, I love the fact that with the radio show, I get to do some kind of different stuff each week. So I used to do a Dog 2 podcast. I'm so glad I'm not doing that anymore because I want to broaden my horizons. But it's nice to have a little revisit and dip into the Dog 2 of it all. Um, so we're going to be talking about the New Year's episode of Dog 2 this week, which was not great, but we'll get into why at the time. Yeah, looking forward to that. And it's like at the moment you're almost a permanent fixture of Retrek, but generally you just come back every so often for the odd episode. It's been lovely for this season to, yeah, to have you with us all season. Oh, it's been really nice. Now this is this has been great, and like I think in these kind of uh, weird and wonderful times of uh, lockdowns and plague and all this stuff, it's nice to be able to turn back to the things you love and to these kind of like Absolutely. TV shows. Absolutely, there's a reason yeah. why we kind of talking about this kind of just coming up to sixty years on from when it was broadcast. Originally. Yeah. So we'll um, we'll be back next week then with the finale of um, season three of Discovery. We'll see if any or all of our theories pan out. Um, I'm gonna I'm still gonna go with cliffhanger ending to the season. Okay, we'll put that out there. That's cliffhanger as in to be continued, not the Sylvester Stallone. As, movie. as in to be continued, maybe the start of a huge battle. <laughs> We we are diehard this week. Next week, cliffhanger. Oh, not cliff. No, cliffhanger does not hold up at all. It, oh, it's Robert. You're not gonna die. Anyway, can we sell for some time cop instead? Oh, time cop. Now you're talking demolition man. That's where it's at. Anyway, thanks for trekking with us this time, and we'll see you next time on the retrek. Thank you. Bye bye.